happy Wednesday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on Real Fun Sports, presented by Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. They bring excitement to Southern Maryland. Head to their website, princefrederickdodge.com, to check out all their new and pre-owned cars. I'm Courtney Lachlan, so excited to be joined, as always, by Kelly Collis. Kelly, we have a lot to get to in today's show. A lot of great sports stories and news happening. Kelly, I know you're going to give us some MLB highlights, what's happening with the playoffs. We've got a WNBA champion, and we also have a very special guest joining us, um, Joe B. We have a great picture of him, and then I also have um, his lovely solo bobblehead. Don't ask me how and why I have a solo of Joe B. Um, I don't know who uh, sawed off the other half in my household, um, but probably someone named my dad. So Joe, Joe B. will be joining us a little bit later to talk about all things Washington Capitals because it was a big day yesterday with the caps with the draft with free agency coming up on friday and a couple of deals that they um have locked in or locked down some of their unrestricted free agents and signed some guys to some new contracts so kelly we have a lot to get to but happy wednesday good to see you again it's good to see you locker um i do have the full complete bobblehead right behind me <laughs> of, of joe b and your dad sitting next to each other as it should be I'm yes. glad one of them is intact. Yes. So you, you had given me that, so thank you. I, I, I will always have that. Well, I'm glad yours is intact. So, Kelly, what's happening? I know I mentioned off the top that we have some baseball, some WNBA news. What's happening with some baseball? There is still a lot of baseball. Of course, my team is, is completely out of it. That's fine. Baseball is still on TV. They are in the middle of the playoffs, and it is um, a lot of fun to see the standings. The only thing I don't like about the the, the teams that are in it this year um, is ast the Astros are leading there um, against the A's 2 nothing. They only need one more game to go into the next round. I cannot stand the Astros, the cheater cheaters. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting series to watch. But the series to watch right now, if you love baseball, is the Rays and the Yankees. It is going to be, it's probably going to go to game five. These are two incredible teams. Um, and the Rays had an amazing season. They were one of the top five uh, in all of the MLB. And, uh, but it is Stanton with the Yankees that is just doing all things Yankees usually do. Yesterday, he had two home runs. One of them was 118 miles per hour. It went deep deep into the park. Wow. I mean, it, like it, an incredible run. And I just, with the Yankees, obviously they're just a legendary franchise. Um, I feel like they, the last couple of years, they haven't really been doing the, all the things that Yankees are supposed to do. This player is just killing it. He is, John Carlos Stanton is amazing. He's, and this is his first season with the Yankees. He's just fun to watch. He's a great ball player, great guy. Um, so that series will definitely be interesting. I'm still pulling for a Yankees-Dodgers final game. And and also the MLB announced that they're selling tickets to um, the division finals and to the World Series. So that will be interesting, something we'll have to watch Ooh. develop. And do they have a location set for that? Yeah, they do. It's in it's in Texas um, and uh, in Arlington, Texas is where the World Series is going to be. Kelly, do you find, because I, I found this, I think when I started watching the NHL playoffs, even after the Caps were knocked out, that like, I think I liked it even more this year than I have. I don't know if because there's just nothing else to watch and you were just so excited that even if your team was out of it, you just loved watching playoff sports. I don't know. Do you find yourself like more intrigued by it and watching it more than you had 
when the Nats were knocked out a couple years ago? 1,000%. And yeah. Especially in this day and age when you can't um, really do anything else or plan for anything else, you know that like you're going to see a baseball game uh, at 7 o'clock at night. You know the teams that are playing. It's like this level of certainty <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that you can enjoy some sort of live event. Um, that's, you know, unless there's some random testing that goes on, it's pretty, right. I mean, they seem to bet, figure out a way to do it. So it is great to see baseball on. Um, I don't really have a favorite. I hate the Dodgers, the Yankees, I, but it's just fun. They're good teams. You, you can't argue with good baseball. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but speaking of last night, the women's, uh, basketball team, the professional basketball team, the WNBA announced a winner. Exciting. And so exciting. And so the Seattle Storm won. They were incredible. First off, the ratings um, for especially for the postseason for the whole WNBA has was up more than ever. And the Seattle Storm, this is their fourth win. And they are just an amazing team to watch. The Las Vegas Aces, they just swept them. They beat them last night, 92 to 59. Wow. Um, the Storm did not lose one postseason game. They were undefeated. And it's all about this girl, Brianna Stort. She is the MVP. Um, there she is holding up her trophy. But she has been part of all four of the championships that the Seattle Storm has been. She is an amazing player, a leader on the team, and so much fun to see on the court. I love that. And I think, you know, we, as we watched all these sports, the NHL was obviously one of the first ones to kind of award their champion. And I think that it's, it's a great opportunity for these sports that maybe don't get the attention that people are just craving sports to watch and to cheer on and to have maybe a different appreciation for different sports, not just the one that you're always just accustomed to watching. Absolutely. And it's what an inspiration to young girls um, to see, you know, women, female athletes being celebrated and on television. And it's just so great. I know we were cheering them on at home here and it, it, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, it's definitely great to see these women kind of get the recognition that they want. I know that DC maybe didn't have, DC hasn't really had their, uh, their luck, I guess this year with um, all the sports across all different yeah. sports. Um, but it is still fun to, to cheer on those other sports and, and to see women like them achieve something that is really special. And that's still, no matter what level you play, whatever sport, male, female, um, that it's still an amazing accomplishment, um, to win. So congratulations. That, that's a really great story. And obviously they're a very great powerhouse team with a very powerhouse player on it. Um, Kelly, thanks for your little MLB um WNBA update I, I give you the floor I know there's so much stuff going on with the cap yesterday I was like oh my gosh it was like they planned it this way it's right before our show we have all these announcements to make and I feel like that's just kind of the way that it goes today's day and age with sports it's like there's no news and all of a sudden everything's breaking at the same time um so we are very excited to finally talk some caps because there was a lot of things that happened yesterday and some things that even we can anticipate happening later this week with the Caps. So to help us dissect all of this and to help give us some insights on everything happening around the Caps, we're so excited for this guest. Although I think my dad might be a little bit jealous, <laughs> but welcome Joe Beninati, Washington Capitals play-by-play -play announcer. It feels so weird formally introducing you, Joe, because you're usually just hanging out, sitting at the kitchen table, having a glass of wine. So welcome, Joe B. Thanks for joining us. This is a little different, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly and Courtney, good to talk with you. And it's it's odd uh, to see where we are in this particular month. And I'm not doing hockey and I'm not doing college football, but I am chatting with you. So that's definitely the next best thing. 
So let's get into it. Yeah, so let's get into the Caps, Joe, because yesterday, as we said, was kind of a crazy day with Caps news and things were breaking kind of all at the same time. I want to get your takes. There was some good news, bad news when we kind of go through the roster and what's happening with the Caps. And that is the good news is that the Caps re-signed Brendan Dillon. He was a UFA, four-year, about $16 million. Um, what have you liked about Brendan Dillon's game, and do you like this signing? I do like it. Let me start first, um, Kelly and Courtney, with Brendan off the ice. Fabulous person. Anybody who gets to know him, immediately you gravitate towards this guy. He's a has a wonderful personality. And we knew that, uh, your dad and I especially knew that from talking with um, people in San Jose, who instantly, at the time of the deal, said, you know, you're going to love this guy. And it's not just for the way he plays on the rink, but it's for all that he brings off of it. So no, no surprise that the Caps would like to keep him in the fold, that they made the four-year deal for him. I think the the average annual value is going to be about $4 million. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, Brian McClellan, Don Fishman, they do a great job of managing the salary cap here in D.C. So they know what their budget is. They know what they can afford. And in getting Brendan Dillon back into the fold, you have a player who is terrific size on the back end, plays with a snarl. I know we would love for him and all the teams that have ever employed him, wherever he's been, would love him to take fewer penalties. He's right. usually in the penalty box an awful lot, but he has to walk that fine line to play the game the way he does. I think he, you know, Kel, he was, and Courtney, he was so quick to adjust to playing with John Carlson. Um, he's had that experience playing with top flight defenders before, especially in San Jose with the likes of Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. So to me, he's a natural fit. I'm glad they tied him up. Well, we talked about that's great news. And Kelly and I talked this morning a little bit on the Tommy and Kelly show about the good news that they signed him and the bad news and that one of their other top defenders, we got some breaking news that he was going to be out for six to eight months. And that's Michael Kempney. Um, who do you think is going to now fill that gap? He suffered. I mean, now he's suffered, in my mind, two pretty serious injuries. He had the torn hamstring and now the torn Achilles out six to eight months. Who do you think is going to fill that gap on the back end? Well, fortunately for Washington, if you're going to look at their prospect pool, and I think in the recent days and months leading up to the draft, I think a lot of people were pointing at the prospects and poking some fun at the cap, saying that they weren't uh, very deep in that pipeline. If there is depth in the in the prospect pool, it, it comes on the back end. It is defensively. And uh, I think Martin Faravari is someone who jumps right into that Michael Kempney role. Faravari is a player with tremendous skating ability. Much like Michael, when he's healthy, uh, their maneuverability around the ice really lends them to play well in the defensive zone. To me, Faravari is a natural fit if and when we start this coming season, wherever camp may be. I think you'll see him slotted into a regular top six type role, especially now without Michael. Um, Alexiev is in the pipeline. Geiser is in the pipeline. So to me, they can withstand, not that you ever want to see people get injured, and especially right. someone as valuable as Michael was back in 2018, riding shotgun with John Carlson in that cup year, you can withstand these uh, on the back end a little bit with the depth that you have. And obviously today, as we go further and further in the NHL draft, I realize you're, you're picking 18-year-olds today, but uh, and they're a few years away from, uh, from really uh, entering the picture in your organization, but wouldn't be surprising to see, the, again, the Caps stockpile on D. Well, speaking of an 18-year-old, the Caps did draft an 18-year-old yesterday in Hendricks LaPierre. 
Um, to me, trying to get stronger down the center, the Caps did a couple, little bit of maneuvering to get the 22nd pick when they had the 24th and they dealt their 24th and their 80th pick to get this kid. I've read several stories about him, high risk, maybe high reward. What's your take on this young centerman? Well, if you're basing it on his injury history, obviously mm -hmm. he's extremely unpredictable. It's a wild card. If you're basing it on his talent, then I think Caps fans should be really excited about the future because when this young man was 16 years old, uh, he was trending to be a top 10 pick, Kelly and Courtney. So he had a very, very high upside. And it was shortly thereafter, 16, 17, where these injuries cropped up, concussions and neck injuries. And obviously you have to take those extremely seriously, but he had three significant ones, I want to say within an eight month span. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden his draft stock started to slide. He supposedly, and I don't know the young man, I've not uh, spoken to, to any doctors yet about his, his medical history, but supposedly he has those issues. They've been checked. Uh, supposedly there's been some work on the neck. There was some thought that these necessarily weren't concussions, that they were neck injuries that led themselves to, to certain head injuries. So obviously Hendricks has a plan in place or they have one for him to strengthen that area as much as possible. But as far as skill set is concerned, guys, you're talking about exceptional hands, uh, a guy with great passing ability, vision. I've heard from our people that they love the way he moves the puck and that this is eventually a power play quarterback down the road. Should everything work out well, he's going to eventually be in the spot that Nicholas Backstrom operates from mm -hmm. nowadays in Washington. He has those kinds of gifts. And if, if so, if you get him at 22 and if these head and neck injuries are a thing of the past, then he's a steal. Uh, okay. I, this is real fun sports. I got to ask the question, Joe B. Um, yeah. And it's not about your wine consumption. We're going to get to that in a second. Wine um, consumption. <laughs> You're scaring me, Kelly. On consumption. Uh, but no, this consumption. <laughs> Go, ahead. Talk about that. Go right ahead. No, no, we'll get to that in a second. I have a question about Hendrix, though. Yeah. These Ma Matter players... Jimmy. <laughs> I, figured, I figured Courtney's Courtney's dad's gonna call him Matt or Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, whichever it turns out. Uh, probably. Yeah, this young guy that's coming onto the team who says, you yeah. know, he grew up adoring Ovechkin and he looked up yeah. to Ovechkin. He, you know, watched him, cheered him on, did all these things. How do, as older players, deal with these younger players that are coming in with this sort of idolization of, you know, Ovechkin? I mean, I've, we've heard Tom Wilson talk about how he watched Ovechkin um, when he was a younger player. How does that all work with a team to kind of get over that and work as a team? Uh, they do a great job of getting their arms around these young guys, especially during the development camps. You know, the guys will come in and, yeah, they are sh rubbing elbows and shoulder to shoulder with their idols. but that that tends to fade away pretty quickly. They do their very best to make them feel like they're just one of the gang. I remember back to when Alex, now 35 years of age, I don't know where the time has gone, but I remember <laughs> when Alex was 19 and 20 and I was first meeting him and he was telling me about playing video games and wanting to be Owen Nolan and one of his one of his favorite power forwards and then all of a sudden playing against Owen Nolan. And this is one of the games obviously all-time greats who just like everybody else, you know, they have idols. Um, and this young man, from what I understand, LaPierre used to run around in an Ovechkin jersey. Once he gets the chance to come to camp and once he, uh, he starts to bump into number eight on the ice, it'll all wear off. They, they speak that same language. Sure, you walk in wide-eyed as an 18-year-old, but they do a really good job of making them feel comfortable right away. 
Well, I know that Alex Ovechkin, I feel like, still makes all of us look wide-eyed, especially oh, yeah. with the, just the way that he's been able to carry on his play. And, Joe, you've had such an amazing opportunity to call and to see Alex Ovechkin and to see his evolution of a player since he just broke in the league, what, now 15 years ago. And I know everybody still talks about the goal, right, that he scored in January almost, I guess it'll be almost 15 years ago. Um, it, do you have a fondest memory of Ovechkin as we're kind of reminiscing about all of the great Oof. Ovi moments? <laughs> I know there this, that's many, a loaded question. I mean, there are so many. I've been fortunate. It's been a front row seat in the upper balcony, but it's been a front row seat for 15 seasons of greatness. I'm just, every time I show up at the rink, he potentially challenges your powers of description. You're likely to see something that you've never seen before. And that's one of the one of his greatest gifts among many uh, favorite stories. I could give you a list of hundreds. I really could. Um, the the one that um, I, I shared this with you, and in in fact, Courtney, you're a part of this one. Is that um, the day the day that we, your family, and I went to Nobu after the Caps win the Stanley Cup in 2018? Mm-hmm. A, a week within a week. Uh, that day, the Caps. Kelly had been, they took this cup to the, to the baseball stadium. I think that was the same day they were splashing around in the, in the, in the fountain. All of a sudden I'm at dinner with the Lachlan family who I hadn't seen in a while. And remember Craig was uh, covering uh, the, the last two rounds of the playoffs from DC. He wasn't with us in Tampa or in Vegas. So this is the first time I'm seeing him. We're out to dinner. Courtney's checking her phone. Oh, Hey, by the way, the, the cup is at uh, Cafe Milano. I'm like, that's not far from here. Locke, we should go over and talk our way upstairs and see the guys. So as soon as we get to the restaurant, Kelly, it's mobbed by, I mean, a thousand people outside mm-hmm. on the street because they knew the cup was inside. But the the guys, this is one of the few times, rare, where it was just the players and the cup upstairs at the top, on the, one of the top floors at the restaurant. Locker and I man- managed to get, make our way up there. And he and I were both of the same school of thought. Kelly and Courtney, you don't touch that Stanley Cup. I've been in the room with the Stanley Cup many, many times. I have never touched it. Prior to 2018, your dad, Courtney, competed for the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. He's been in the room with it a lot of times. Never, ever touched it. Right. That's the holy grail. That's for people who win it. They get to touch it. We walked upstairs. And there's the entire team feeling no pain. They're feeling <laughs> great. And there's the cup. And we walked in, and guys, this is fantastic. Congratulations. We just wanted to tell you how happy we are for you. John Carlson stands up. Joe, touch the – pick it up. Uh, no, no, John, really, this is all about you. I, I, I really – I can't do that. Alex Ovech, pick it up. Raven Hope, pick it up. Tom Wilson, pick the bleeping thing up. And all of a sudden, you know, my almost 30 years of training, don't ever touch that, don't ever touch that, I actually did pick it up. Wow. And Courtney's dad picked it up and put it over his head. And I have the picture to prove it. <laughs> I was wondering who had that photo, Joe. So that it's you. That is almost, Kelly, that's a sacrilege to me to this day because I didn't win it. Yeah, I flapped my gums and I was a, an accent piece to it. But the guys who win it get to hold it. And I was never going to put it over my head and I did not. But it is extremely heavy. It's probably 35 pounds and most of it's in the base. So I was sort of leaning a little bit. <laughs> um that that's one of my favorites. Aww. But the fact that Alex and the team wanted me and Locker to feel part of it, 
That that's one of my favorite stories from an amazing run. Well, and that same night, I understand that some of the players came out of Milano with the cup to share yes. it with the fans. So oh, they it, did that. They I did mean, that in spades. <laughs> I know, but so that doesn't surprise me that they're you know they're so inclusive and and, and looking to the whole the whole team to to be involved with the cup and that great win. Just an amazing time, and again, that player, all these guys in the last fifteen years, but especially number eight. I have countless stories that I could replay back to you. And Joe, I do also recall from that night, this maybe might have been the only time that you've really gone viral is when Jacob Verana put you on his Instagram. Yeah, I thought I was out of my mind drunk. I really wasn't. Jake was gone. But I, it was more like Joe's blasted. But I really wasn't. But I was just having fun. Oh. I was just having fun with a really cool kid. And I wish that guy... I wish that guy would have some better luck in the playoffs because yeah. I think the world of Jacob, sometimes he gets inside of his own mind and can be his own worst critic. But once he relaxes, I, I think he has terrific all-star capabilities. Love the guy. Loved him that night. That was a blast. That was but weird. He, uh, he, and his, he and his buddies were, were enjoying the night. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, I think they were enjoying their night for several nights. Um, uh -huh. Kelly and I yeah. talked about it this morning. We had oh, to keep yeah. reminiscing. This is this has been a great day. We've been reminiscing the both championships, the Nats and the Caps, um, pretty much all day today. Joe, last question about yeah. the Caps, and then we can have a little bit of more fun. Um, lots of rumors, kind of more rumors now than even speculation. I guess at this point is a new goaltender possibly coming to DC, and that Henrik Lundqvist of the New York Rangers. Um, what are your what's your take on that? Because again, he's also a guy that the Caps have faced a lot in the playoffs. He even tweeted saying that he he's not done yet. He still wants to win. He still has more games in him. What do you think of him being in a Washington Capitals jersey? Oh, until it happens, I guess the earliest it could happen, I think, is Friday. Yep. Until it until it happens, I'll continue to think of it as a rumor. But I, I'm seeing more and more smoke leading to more and more fire eventually that this is going to be the case uh, if it's true and that means that the caps would more than likely be moving and losing Braden Holpe to free agency I'm sad first off for that because Braden's been fabulous to work with uh, both on and off the ice for many many years here in Washington and obviously helped the team accomplish its its greatest goal if Braden moves on and Henrik Lundqvist is the guy who's brought in I think he'd be a wonderful mentor to uh, to Ilya Samsonov from what I am told and what I've learned about uh, about Lundqvist, and I can go back to 2006, guys. I I, I called the Olympics in 2006 uh, in Torino, Italy, where Lundqvist was a baby then, helping Sweden to a gold medal, and was fabulous. And by all accounts, is an amazingly hard worker off the ice. He he's been I think he's been dubbed the perfect human from <laughs> from his not only his male model good looks. His incredible athletic talent. I think he's a musician. If I'm not mistaken, he plays the guitar. He's one of these guys. It's like, screw you. You're not real. But he's an amazingly hard worker. He'll come in more motivated than ever at age 38. I think he knows at this point in his career, he's not the lion's share of the guy going to get 60 games. You know, if we do play an 82-game season, yeah, Hank, can you give us 20 to 25? And I think he'll approach it that way. From what I understand, he wants to win more than anything. And we were just talking about Alex Ovechkin and a quest for 894 or five goals. To me, the number that matters most to Alex is two, as in a second Stanley Cup. And if Lundqvist can be a factor in helping the Caps organization get that second cup ring, 
uh, the more the merrier. Let's do it. Well, thank you, Joe, for all your Washington Capitals insights. Um, now we yeah, just want to have about wine collection. Yeah, and yes. wine, wine consumption. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you have seen this before, but I just I just wanted to show that's the one, one half of the best. That's one <laughs> half of the best bobblehead in town. The one half of the bobblehead. Um, yeah. Wasn't very kind of my dad. Because I know the other half. I know the other half has been minted in gold, probably, <laughs> but I thought that half would probably have been burned, thrown in the fireplace. No, no, but see, this is great. Now you have your own bobblehead. Oh, well, I don't know about that. And uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly does have the whole one behind her as well. Um, yeah, I do. Here, let me just grab it. Yeah. Well, there we, there we are, and there we were. But I just want to say that you and my dad sit every morning whenever I do yeah. these broadcasts and the shows, and they sit and they watch the show. So I appreciate that. And Kelly has her full one. Nice to know that we're looking over you all. Yes. Uh, there we are. Yeah, there are the two of us, two chuckleheads right there. Oh, gosh. I'll have you know that uh, my, my you know, hair loss over the last decade or so is directly attributable to your dad. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I don't have the wife and kids to make it happen. It's got to be related to your father and the fact that he lives for my pain. Oh, I'm sorry. But hey, it's better you than like me and my mom. True. <laughs> um, no actually, argument. Quick, quick question, Joe. Do you yes. have any insights about how these were made? <laughs> what do you mean insights? I thought it was pretty cool that they kept us in the loop while they were preparing uh, the bobbleheads. I think I still have pictures without the paint job on them, like when they were just being molded, I guess, from some sort of a clay model. You should see those. Those are really freaky. Really? Those are really weird. Yeah. Well, all I know is every once in a while, month to month, hey, guys, what do you think of this? And they'd send a picture. And your dad would say nothing. Your dad, Courtney, would say nothing about it. You know, and I'd be like, well, can you do can you do a little less of the pinstripe? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you? And your father waited and waited and waited until again, you know what I call him that that version of your dad is Malibu Craig. Oh, that's yeah. not your dad right now. And the hair color. I'm looking at the hair color. I'm like, Locker, don't you want to do anything with the hair color? He's like, no, yeah. that looks like it was 30 years ago. So <laughs> Malibu Craig right there in your hands. What a beauty. What a piece of work. <laughs> what? He never said anything. And, and all the while, he was just fishing and reeling him in. So basically what you're saying is you did all the work. Well, no. No, no, no. Far from No, 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 no. But, 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 I made, I but made he didn't add anything. I made some adjustments. I had them originally. I yeah. think they went with glasses that were like seven years ago. So I had them adjust the glasses a little bit. I had them change a little bit here and there. Uh, maybe the shirt color changed. Meanwhile, your dad was just mums the word, silent, <laughs> silent, silent. And at the end, it's like, it's Joe Beninati and Craig Lachlan 30 years ago. Malibu Craig. So, Joe B., you yes. uh, have quite the wine collection. That's a rumor, Kelly. Rumor, just like Lundquist <laughs> coming to town. Rumor. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, what, what's your, what's your, are you red wine, white wine? Is there a certain type of varietal that you like? Like share a little bit yeah. of wine knowledge as well, we're all drinking a lot of wine these days. We can go deep down that road. Um, I, I fell in love with wine in 2004. I was doing a college football game in Las Vegas. Uh, the guy who was working with me as the analyst was figuratively and literally a huge food and wine fan. Six foot seven, 345 pound wow. offensive lineman. Wow. You should see the two of us on camera, actually. <laughs> he would sit, I would stand, he was still taller than me. 
six seven three four wow calls me up he, he was friendly with bobby flay celebrity chef bobby flay sure we're in vegas flay is opening a mesa grill inside of um uh, caesar's palace joe you got to come out joe you got to come out well we, we had early meetings i had flown the whole day glenn I, i'm wiped out i don't really come on you gotta where are you i'm inside caesar's palace bobby flay is opening this restaurant they want to sample the whole menu with us and pair it up with wines and all and i'm like okay and I, I swear to you at that time i was you know i couldn't give two hoots about wine i go to the restaurant that night and it was the best dining experience of my life it was probably a three-hour experience and it was, hey, try this seafood dish with this Sauvignon Blanc. Try this steak with this Syrah. Try this Italian dish with this wine from Piedmont. And it was all little, tiny little pours, but I was fascinated by how well the wines meshed with the food. And I fell in love with wine that day. I've been collecting the last, what, 15 or 16 years. You asked me red or white. Um, red, I'd be lying to you if I said that red wines weren't my favorites, they are. But I have been drinking more and more whites. I've been learning more and more about white wine. Favorite varietal, probably Syrah. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm never going to turn down the beautiful Napa Cabernets, but I, I think Syrah, and especially Rhone region in France, Syrah, the Cote Roti, those are the ones that I always sort of go back and, and start to drool over. But I've been, I've been treated to some wonderful, wonderful wine. My collection's growing. But here's the thing. I don't drink it. We were kidding about consumption. <laughs> Kelly, I never drink it. Rarely, if ever, do I drink it by myself. I'm not the guy who comes home and cracks open a can of beer or opens a wine bottle. I just don't do that. For me, it's more about friendship and love and sharing it with people who I know are going to appreciate it. So that wine collection sitting downstairs, basically untapped. I, I might have had I might have had the occasion to open four bottles in the last seven, eight months since all this pandemic stuff hit the uh, hit the fan. Shall wow. We so are you do you have like a full on wine cellar or wine fridge or what are we looking? Oh, at? I wish I have um, I have one, two, three, four. I have six wine fridges, Kelly. I have Holy four. That, yeah, <laughs> I have four that hold probably 150, 160 bottles a piece. I have two smaller ones that probably hold another 50 or 60 a piece. I would say the collection now is close to 800 bottles. I would say 600 of those are really, really well kept uh, huh. flat and at, at 55 degrees and all. Wow. wow. I wish I had the cellar. I wish I had the beautiful walk-in, you know, the quote wine room. That'd be really nice. I think if you went and saw the basement, you'd really, really like it, but it is, it is heavy on the wine. That's <laughs> There's incredible. no doubt about that. I did 800 bottles. Wow. Well, I, I swear to you, I swear to you, I say this to everybody. I, I've collected them with the intention of drinking them. I don't know if I'll ever be able to drink them all. I didn't collect them like some people collect them to trade them or sell them. They use mm -hmm. them. Um, you know, it's almost like a stock or a commodity. I really didn't do that with this wine collection. I may wind up selling wines <laughs> to stay afloat if we don't play <laughs> hockey in a few months. I may have to sell a I may have to sell a refrigerator or two just to uh, to pay the bills. But I really, really brought all these wines in because I cherished them from when I had them in the past, and I wanted to to move forward with them as the years go by with family and friends. That's amazing. Well, my 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 wine cellar I'm in right now. This my studio <laughs> used to be a little wine cellar, so. <laughs> 
you know, things things change. But my dad, when he retired, he had a huge wine cellar. He probably had six, seven hundred bottles of wine. Oh. He retired and moved out of our out of our home. So he had to like get rid of some of the wine because he didn't want to pack it up and, and take it with him. And let me tell you, for about two years as we he was winding down, we had some incredible wine that he had been collecting oh, for years. So everybody, enjoy it. Alan is differently is different. That's why I love coming to uh, to the Lachlan residence and sharing great wines with a bunch of different people because I learn more and more each time. You know, Courtney might love the wine. Kelly might not like the wine at all. I, I, I sort of had this type of contrarian palate that, you know, everybody loves Napa Cabernet. So do I. But I would prefer Central Coast California to Napa. Everybody loves left bank Bordeaux. I sort of like the right bank. Everybody loves and falls all over Barolo and Barbaresco from Piedmont, but I sort of prefer a little further south in Tuscany. I could go on and on and on. It's like I, I always seem to be the guy who's in the minority as far as which wines are the most loved, but that just makes it an interesting conversation when we all get together. Yes. Uh, Joe, real quick question about that. Um, I've obviously learned a lot about wines from you and uh, you told me a while ago, we were having a conversation about it, about trying a Barbaresco and you actually just mentioned that. Question though about those that are either listening or watching that want to know more about wines. How do you know when you can drink a wine? And I actually was going to text you this the other day with the label. Like, is it drinkable? Like, Cause I know a lot of things depend on the year. Are you supposed to let it age? And I was going to text you. Um, and then I was like, well, he's coming on our show. I might as well ask him now. When, how do you, do you just Google it? Do you look it up? You can. And I, I suggest that you and your listeners do just that. Find a critic who has a similar palate to you. And I'm not saying live or die by his or her opinions, because all of it is opinion. But when you find that you link up to one particular reviewer, one particular wine advocate will say to you, They'll often review wines and tell you, hey, this particular Pinot Noir is best served two years from now or bottoms up, drink it right now. Mm -hmm. I think, again, there's a lot of ways, multiple ways to skin a cat. If, if you're opening up young wines, I always suggest if you're opening up like where we are now in 2020, if you're opening vintages 2017, 2018, anything younger than that, if you're going to really want to get the most out of it, and it's, let's say, Napa Cabernet, open it at lunch, serve it at dinner. Give yeah. it that much time in a decanter to breathe. Older wines, if we're drinking, uh, the other two weeks ago, guys, I had the chance to drink a 50-year-old drink a Barolo, 50 years old. Holy. It, was fan, it was fantastic. But when you're drinking a wine that's at that old, once you pop it and carefully extract the cork, once you've popped it, you want to serve it probably within five minutes, because if you give it a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour worth of air, you might not have much wine left. Well, Younger wines, baby wines, if, if they're good, yes, yeah, open them at lunch, serve them at dinner. Open them at lunch, serve them at dinner the next day, even I mean, literally 24, 36 hours. If it's a young wine, it won't it won't hurt to do that. You'll pop the cork back in it. Don't completely leave it in the decanter the whole so time. So don't open it at lunch and then drink it at lunch. <laughs> I, I, again, if it's a, if it's a bottle that's important to you, I would never do that. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it's a, if it's an everyday bottle, if it's an everyday drinker, go for it. But if it's a, if it's a wine that has some, some meaning to you, um, I would 
I would try to give it its best chance to express itself. So to me in general, if I, when I give, when I, when I talk to people, especially with California, take the vintage year and add seven. So if you have a, a wine that was vintage 2013, it's Napa Cab, we're seven years, try it, 2020. But if you bought the wine, if you have the vintage 2013 and we're in 2014 and you're opening it, way too soon. So look at the vintage year. If it's 2018, I really don't think you should open that wine until 2025. Uh, Joby, we like we got way off the rails talking about sports, yeah. but you know we are expanding our channel to sport. include, yeah, to include all these things. Maybe we need to have real fun wine, mm. uh, and we we can do know, that. Talk about different wines, especially if the hockey season doesn't get off this year. I mean, you know, please, we got some please, free don't time. Scare me, Kelly. Stop scaring me. <laughs> and I will. I, then I will start drinking my own wine. By the gallon. I, I often thought that it'd be real fun to have you do wine and my dad do beer. Yeah, sure. Like sure. you can I, be I, the I, wine I, critic and my dad will be the beer critic. It's phenomenal to watch the last few years, especially since Kyle started to get into it, how passionate your dad is about it. And and I think we share that similar passion that mm -hmm. I've become really falling in love with wine. It, it, to me, it is, it's, it's family. It is love. And the way it, it works with, with your meals um, it's just something that I become really, really passionate about, but I travel so often with your dad during the normal circumstances. I see how much he genuinely likes and wants to learn and know more and more about uh, the, uh, the IPAs and the beers that he loves. It's been, it's been fun to watch and he helps teach me every once in a while. I still, <laughs> I guys, I was the kid who hated beer and hated wine in high school and college and never drank any of that stuff. So I, I'm a late bloomer in that sense. I still I'm not a real beer fan. I can have a beer or two and, and enjoy it, but I'm not a scotch guy. I'm not a whiskey guy. And I, a lot of my friends are out there and they're having these so, they look so grown up. They're so classy. And <laughs> I taste it. I drink it. It tastes like medicine. I, I just don't have a taste for it at all. Maybe 20 years from now. Who knows? Once you finish all that wine. Ooh, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. <laughs> oh, well. I, I, I trust Trust me, I've been a good boy during this time where there's not a lot of income coming in. In fact, there's zero income coming in. I, I'm not. I'm not spending a lot of money on wine these days. And people are at. People are sending me emails like, "Where did you go? You used to do so well with us. Where did you go? Calm down. I'll be back. I'll be back I just, <laughs> now." There's a. Um, actually, my mom was trying to teach me this trick in terms of when you buy a new piece of clothing, you have to take mm -hmm. a piece of clothing out of your closet up so that your closet doesn't get over full. Do you do that with wine? You drink a bottle of wine and then you replace it? I try as often as possible. I told you the only time I dip into that collection is if I'm going out with uh, you and Kelly and your families and we're going out to dinner, I'll bring three or four bottles of wine. So I've been trying nice. as often as possible to sit outside. Last night I was shivering in the parking lot of one of my favorite restaurants, but we enjoyed some beautiful wine. Um, that's the only, really the only time where the wine collection starts to get chewed up. That's and how you get I'm, not, I'm not looking to instantly replace. It's just, I, what's the oldest wine I have in my collection right now? The oldest wine I have in my collection right now is an 82 Bordeaux. Wow. Um, Young wines, yes. I, I do. I get recent releases, sure. But a lot of the people that I'm on the allocation list for are just now releasing 16 and 17. I'm not. I just told you, I'm not drinking those for another two or three years at least. So there's a lot of wine that's I'm sitting there and just twiddling my thumbs with. But there are some wines. There are more than a few now that are just starting to hit their stride, 
in, in, as far as the California wines are concerned, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Um, I have I have wines from California that will go back almost 25 years. Um, I, it's the hard like Kelly started to ask me favorite varietals and such. The hardest thing for me is region. Uh, I, yeah, I love California. I absolutely love France and Italy. I'm learning more about Spain. I've really never really had a liking for Australian, although I'm told it's very, very good. South African wines I've tried, and they're, they're wonderful. So I think I'm learning more about different, uh, different wine regions than I would be uh, necessarily just sticking to one. I could have this conversation keep on going because there's Virginia wines. And of course, then the, the wines that are going to be coming out of California with all the wildfires is going to be a very interesting varietal. Yeah, 20, in a couple of years. Be tough. yeah that's, um, but that smoke taint is not, you know, that's yeah, tough. Yeah. So, um, but I, I know that we're just supposed to be talking sports, uh, Courtney. <laughs> so Henrik Lundquist has a wonderful wine collection. I'll ask him about it on Friday. <laughs> no, this is great. It's real fun sports. We talk about sports. We talk about wine. Actually, um, Someone watching our show, Carol, she said suits with the side of alcohol. That'll be episode two, Joe, is when oh, we talk God. about your fashion and your, <laughs> your, your clothes closet, not your wine oh. closet. <laughs> that, actually, the, the, my passion for clothes is way more deep seated than wine. That began when I was 19, 20 years old. That's a, that's, oh. that's been a passion since I actually worked in a men's clothing store that was named Joseph's. So wow. I thought it might have been named after me, but it wasn't. Uh, I used to moonlight while I was in the American Hockey League broadcasting. I used to work in a men's clothing store. And that's really where my passion for, for clothes began. The owner of the store liked my eye for the way I put combinations together. And all of a sudden now it would be, you know, Kelly's coming in at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Why don't you lay out four or five different outfits? And, and I would. And the guy would come in and boom, boom, boom. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. And all of a sudden the owner's like, this is good. I like you. We're going to keep this up. So I just have always had an eye for it. It's been, uh, wow. in fact, I still have the first, the first really special uh, Giorgio Armani piece that I ever purchased. I still own. I can't oh. wear it. It's an overcoat that's uh, that's been out of um, out of size probably for the last uh, probably fifteen years. But I still have it. It's a memento. I'll never forget it. I bought it with okay. store credit, Kelly. That's store great. credit for commission. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Well, it's just so lovely talking to you and, and getting to know you and sports to wine to clothing. We covered it all, Courtney. Yes. There's many more. There's many more subjects we can go down that road. Oh, well, Joe, whenever you want, Real Fun Sports will have you back. Whenever you want to chat with Kelly and I about anything, everything, sports, like you said, wine, food. Um, we're here as, I guess, the one-stop shop for Real Fun Sports and other things. So I, I guess that's tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I'll put it in my calendar. You got it. <laughs> Yes, you bring the itinerary of what you want to talk about. We'll have it all set up. Well done. Starting with <laughs> Hendrix LaPierre. Hendrix! <laughs> oh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great to have you. Hey, um, look and at I, Malibu Craig. And look, I'm actually, oh, Craig. oh, whoops. And I'm actually there really surprised that um, my dad has not come down here to try to crash this yet. So I'm, this oh. is like, this is great. This is like, I just got to be Courtney and talk with Joe without my dad. I, this is, uh, Way better, by the way. <laughs> way, Courtney, Kelly, way better than spending 20 minutes or a half hour with uh, Courtney's dad. Way better. <laughs> yeah, I I can sometimes yes. agree with that. Yes, yeah. yes, got you. Make, All sure right. you. make sure you beat his butt on the tennis court for me, please. I will. We have a match scheduled for later this afternoon, so I'll Go get uh, him. 
I'll try down to do the line, that. Down the line to his backhand. That's the secret. Down the line <laughs> to his backhand. You know, you know. That's That still is his uh, weak spot. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you on today. My pleasure, guys. Have a great show. <laughs> Joe Beninati, Washington Capitals play-by-play -play voice of the uh, for the Washington Capitals. Catch him on NBC Sports Washington. Kelly, that was fun. That was fun. I, I literally could talk to him a, a ton about wines. I don't, I know enough to be dangerous, but wow. I didn't realize 800 bottles in this collection. Holy cow. It's crazy. Um, I didn't get to ask him if he has like a spreadsheet or how he even like keeps track keeps of all track those of wines. Um, but um, I wanted to invite him to Thanksgiving dinner because if this, <laughs> that guy rolls into dinner with three or four bottles from his wine cellar. I, uh, you're in <laughs> whatever um, meal you ever alone. You, I, I'll, I'll cook whatever you want. <laughs> Kelly, you'll have to be put on the list because he does usually drop over the Lachlan's for Thanksgiving. So maybe he can drop over to your house for dessert on Thanksgiving. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Apple pie, pumpkin pie, whatever you want. <laughs> no, he's definitely one of those people that you want to have on your dinner guest list. Yes. Um, to bring over. So yes, yeah, so a lot of fun stories from Joe. We thank him so much for joining real fun sports. Kelly, we talked a I don't even like, I can't even remember the first top of the show talking about actual sports. We did cover a lot of things. You guys can go and check that back out on Facebook. Kelly gave us an update on the MLB and the playoffs and the WNBA champs out in Seattle. And then Joe B gave us his insights and everything happening around the Caps with the draft free agency coming up. Um, and a couple deals that the Caps signed. Brendan Dillon signed a new deal as well as the big news that Michael Kempney will be out for six, eight months. So Kelly, we covered a lot today. Um, but a fun one. Yes, definitely. And we'll have to do it next week. Hopefully we'll have um, some World Series update as we get closer to wrapping up the MLB season. And um, who knows with the caps? I mean, every day it's something exciting with the draft and everything else that's going on in hockey. And we'll see what else happens with the caps, as you said, Kelly, and the free agency, which opens up on Friday. So we'll see who the caps let go, who the caps pick up and sign. Could be Henrik Lundqvist as the caps new backup goaltender. We'll just wait and see. So thank you guys so much for joining Real Fun Sports today. For Kelly Collis, I'm Courtney Lachlan. We hope to see you guys next Wednesday. You can check out our show and watch the replays on Facebook. You can check out our podcast, Real Fun Sports. Kelly and I always like to have a lot of fun and talk some caps and hockey. And we, again, thank our special guest, Joe B, for joining us today. So thank you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. At Prince Frederick Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, they always treat my family like family. And Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram will do the same for you. They bring excitement to Southern Maryland. Welcoming cap superstars, baseball, and football players. Popping up a beach party in their parking lot. They make the holidays bright for everyone and extra special for some with Toys for Tots. Now, Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram brings Southern Maryland excitement to you. We've delivered as far as Massachusetts so far. Anywhere, anytime, we're open for delivery. We can pick your vehicle up, car will be repaired, brought back to the home, sanitized again, contact free. The biggest thing that everybody's thinking about is how can I be safe? How can I still get my vehicle? How can I choose a new vehicle? You know, we have everybody sitting at home. It's kind of fun to look at a new car. We're pre-owned. Visit Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram at PrinceFrederickDodge.com or come see them on Route 4 South in the heart of Prince Frederick. And thanks to Crop Metcalf.
Not sure your home's cooling system is going to make it through the rest of the season? Call Crop Metcalf today and ask about special installation and service financing plans, including six months of no payments on qualifying service calls. Visit CropMetcalf.com to schedule an appointment. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician.